0: Doddering old fool, diamond-mine magnate and loud-mouthed bigot, Pat Robertson, welcome to The Herd Mentality. Twice. That's absolutely correct. It's the second time you've been on here. Now, Pat, you recently were admitted to hospital for an osteopoptomy. I I was... had a little procedure or something done. Yes, Pat. Now, an osteopoptomy is a delicate operation in which the nerve that connects the retina to the anal sphincter is severed, basically removing one's crappy outlook on life.
1: Uh, so let's talk through the ordeal. First, you checked in with the nurse. I'm sitting there, and, and this this nurse uh, is saying, "Well, tell us about this." And she's accessing in the computer. Well, how about how many vitamins do you take? Blah blah blah. Must have taken a while. She spent forever and ever. Yeah, keeping accurate records for safe outcome must have been hard for you to deal with. Why do you think that is, though? They want to have all those records. And you, well, how about me? I'm sick. Help me. Mm, yes. It isn't right.
0: Well, after wheeling you into the surgery, the first step was to stimulate a bowel movement, a procedure you refer to as... Logging stuff. Did they use the long-handled teaspoon?
1: Very talented people. Indeed they are. I'm told it was a real mess. Not enough fibre in your diet? This is the result. We, we you know, get what we... Uh, you know, reap what we sow. Well, I'm glad that you pulled through and have an improved worldview. Pat Robertson, thanks for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, we need a revolution to stop these so-called progressives from destroying this country anymore, but they're getting pretty close to the tipping point. It is not a pleasant scenario. I've got a cold. Oh, me too. <laughs> <Hang> on. <laughs> oh, on. Oh. All right.
0: That's out.
2: Is this a quality of the podcast we can can look forward to this time? Has it ever been any better? No, not really.
0: Welcome to The Herd Mentality, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic, humanistic and scientific conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection and God willing entertain you with some scintillating repartee i'm your host questionable adam found on twitter facebook and google plus and it's time to meet our guests Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the herd mentality and down the line with me once a month. I have the religious tourists. Religious tea. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Now, for people who haven't tuned in before, once a month you try a different religion.
2: Yeah, basically, yeah, sometimes it goes on longer than a month, but, but basically, <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, not Ramadan. For example, you didn't go any longer with that than necessary, though.
2: No, the stars told me to. The moon was upset in a kind of way that said, bah, just leave it, you move on. Yep. Yeah, put, so, uh, put yeah, it down. One month was enough. <laughs> but this
0: month, what have you been?
2: It's been my final month. It's been my very last endeavour into the uh, into the religious sectors and um, I've, been, I've been a Jedi. A Jedi? Mm.
0: Mm, did you grow the... Little weird ponytail thing at the end?
2: I've got a mullet, if that helps.
0: Yeah, well, I <laughs> doubt it's helping anyone who sees you. In fact, I doubt it's helping you. Okay, so it was another half assed effort. <laughs>
2: do you know what? It was the last month. This has taken 16 months. I'm fucking fed up with it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've never seen Star Wars, so I watched Star Wars.
0: Right, so it wasn't really a religious experience. In fact, you, well, you put mean- in about as much effort as you normally do. With the other religions,
2: <laughs> effectively, yeah, maybe even less effort. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, maybe even like, this might have been the laziest month I've ever had. People who know me thought I'd finished over a month ago. They'd not realised that nothing had changed. Yeah. Um. Other than I'd seen Star Wars, I'd emailed a man, and I read a few pages about what being a Jedi is. Have you seen Star Wars?
0: Of course, I have.
2: You see, I've never seen it. I never took the effort.
0: Well, this just makes Personally. me a better Jedi.
2: I think, yeah, yeah. Maybe, I think it probably does. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can do this one.
0: I hear no so complaints. I hear to do you. <laughs> so, okay, let's start at the beginning. What's involved with being a Jedi?
2: So jedi started mainly as a joke the roots i've heard for it uh, happened in the in the uk we have a census so that's every 10 years they send out a questionnaire to people and they write down their their particulars and we get a kind of snapshot of the uk at this time I, I guess it happens in other, other countries as well for religious affiliation it had all your usuals listed for the you know, months previous so christianity islam um hindu Seek, And then at the bottom it says other, but there's no non-religious. And there's a kind of protest to that. People would put other and Jedi. And there was a bit of question whether that could count as a religion or not because they've just derived it from a film. Mm-hmm. And they kind of said probably not because it's not really a religion. So they decided to make it a religion. So they <laughs> tried to derive a philosophy from the films, you know, made a, a Wikipedia page <laughs> and made a website and said, is it a religion now? And they said, oh, well, if you know, if you're really desperate to have Star Wars as a religion, then, then you go right ahead. Do you know what? They bloody well did.
3: <laughs> it seems
0: to. Me, thinking back on it, we had the census here and pretty much exactly the same thing happened. But the government was sort of threatening, you can't put down Jedi because if you put it down, then we'll know you're not taking this seriously and you can be punished. Yeah, yeah. Know, putting incorrect information on there. But I think it was 40,000 was like the the limit. If if 40,000 people did it, then, well, the government would have to accept it because it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, um, I probably made a lot of that up.
2: No, it's, it's about that, really. What makes me happy with humanity is that, you, you know, they don't pull together for much, but for, <laughs> for kind of in jokes, you'll, you'll get everyone grouping together to, to do these kind of things. So it's, no, it shines, a, it shines a happy light on humanity for me. It makes it feel that, do you know what? Up against it, we, we can pull together, we can do something positive. We can't, you know, rid the world of famine or save Palestine and Israel from shooting and killing each other. But we, we can, you know, we can put Jedi in a census if we all pull together.
0: <laughs> now, your force powers, how did you develop those over the course of the month?
2: Oh, pretty well. Pretty well. I mean, obviously, my hangover from spiritualism means that I can communicate with the dead anyway. Cool. Uh, I can now move small things with my mind, mm-hmm. like my genitals mainly. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you must have practiced that joke. Before coming on, <laughs> no,
2: that just happened. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I laugh because even I'm bloody amused by yeah. myself. He's,
0: he's doing it right now, listeners. <laughs> okay,
2: I watched Star Wars and I had to look into the philosophy of Jedi. And actually, it is quite a nice end to the whole thing. All other religions have kind of suggested that the world's a bit broken, nothing works. You're broken yourself. You need this. You need this religion to put the world right or to put your life in order. And is the only one that says, you know, regardless of what's going on in your life, there is a positive life force that transcends all of that. And it is leading everyone to good. I think that's all right. You know, there's a, there's a positive energy that through that, you know, I, I don't want to get into, you yeah. know, what those but, physicists call, you know, <laughs> describe as energy. We're going with a proper Star Wars definition of energy. Yeah.
0: It's borderline it's Chopra, isn't it? <laughs> it's not
2: far off. Yeah. The
0: Force is like duct tape. It's got a light side and a dark side, and it binds the universe together.
2: Was it Gracie Fields that said, uh, if you're not fix it with duct tape, you're not using enough duct tape? Yeah. It was Gracie Fields, wasn't
0: it? No idea. Sounds like an engineer, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, did you integrate with any other people throughout the course of the month?
2: I tried, I kind of looked to see, obviously with other religions, your go-to place is there, there's their place of worship. So, you know, Mormon churches, we, we went to their, we went to their church, the Church of Latter-day Saints, and for Christianity, you go to, I went to a few, I went to that Baptist church, I went to a a Catholic church and so on. So we're looking for a place of worship. That's the bingo. That's the, that's the place we're aiming for. And I found a website and I emailed the chap. And, so no uh, Death Star? No, there was no Death Star. No Death Star with some... So we're going to build this Death Star and it's going to destroy the universe. Yeah, it's impervious to everything. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's bulletproof and everything like that. Yeah, it, it's indestructible. It's perfect. What about this little hole at the bottom? Well, you'd have to be able to shoot womp rats for that if it uh, <laughs> get through. So I'm sure we got nothing to worry about. Jesus, someone should have got fined for that one. Um, there was no Death Star but I emailed a chap who runs the Jedi religion for the UK and runs a website and uh, he said well we, we don't really have a place of worship Um, I've got an office <laughs> that's office not orifice uh, I've got an office if you want to come to that so yeah I've, I've not managed to get there in the month but um, I've been invited to his you know, busyness and conflicting ca- calendars and so on but I've been invited to jump down there and have a have a chat with a man so that's, doesn't that's sound the place at all. of worship <laughs> they've got
0: I really kind of hoped you'd have done some door to door knocking to spread the good word.
2: Well someone suggested that i should do that for atheism if i've done 12 religions and yeah that was me uh, not one of the. oh was it you <laughs> <laughs> you just want to get me punched in the face that's yeah. all you care about for this so this 10th break podcast becomes slightly better because <laughs> i'm more to be wounded yeah yeah that's fair enough so yeah i mean yeah maybe maybe that's what all happen. maybe that will be kind of an epilogue that will be can i sell atheism door to door uh knock, knock hello Um, Have you ever thought about not really believing in anything and just getting on with your life? Yeah, I have thought that. Well, (laughs) (laughs) My my work here is done. (laughs) (laughs) No way. You're already in there. Perfect.
0: So, the movies. What were your thoughts?
2: I know you're a a Star Trek fan, so I don't know if that means that you don't like Star Wars um, because you're a Star Trek Wars fan rather than a Star Wars Trek fan.
0: If it's got Star in the title, it's okay with me. Which order did you watch them in?
2: Ah, 456123.
0: Right. And what were your thoughts on 456?
2: They're all right. Yeah. they were not that bothered. I don't really like sci-fi unless it's X-Files or Buffy. I'm not particularly that bothered. Yeah, they're all right.
1: Mm.
0: See, I don't have a hang up <laughs> button here. I stand in the corner of the herd mentality recording dungeon and my computer's sort of over the other side. So I can't just sort of lean over and get the sound effect of you being disconnected from the call for saying Buffy. <laughs> But look, it's it's fine. We'll work through it now. Jar Jar Binks.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. I didn't hate. I didn't love four, five, and six enough. This is to why hate Jar Jar no, Binks. This enough. is why it's
0: people just- don't like you, religious tea,
2: because you don't.
0: <laughs> when you hear that name. Jar Jar Binks the hairs on the back of your neck don't go up you just sort of go oh yeah but he can believe whatever he wants to believe I'll I'll, I'll try the Binksism or whatever it is for a month because you're that kind of guy the rest of us hate that character what is wrong with you
2: well I, I loved um have you seen Spaced no the don't Sean change Peg. the topic <laughs> I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm not trying to change the topic have you seen the Simon Pegg Spaced you must have seen it
0: in fact I don't think I have seen Spaced
2: but there's a bit in that anyway. He works in a comic book shop, and it starts series two just with um, him leaning in and just screaming, just going, "I don't care if you've saved all your fifty p's." But Jar Jar was the worst character. You weren't there at the start. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know what it was like for all of us. For all of us, it touched our hearts. And then you just walk in. You've saved all your fifty p's, and he's screaming at this eight year old. who's uh, <laughs> <it> was, <laughs> was obviously only seen Star Wars one with the with the huge budget and the you know rubbish storyline and the <laughs> yeah. terrible character development. Mm. I don't have that kind of 4 5 and 6 the raw right they were good as I don't know is it nostalgia is that what I'm missing out on should I have seen these at an earlier age?
0: No I I just think you lack an aspect of uh, humanity. <laughs> Sociopathic would that be a <laughs> good word? Look,
2: I don't know, a bit th- strong maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this probably just isn't a good topic to talk about. <laughs>
2: You're really, you're really upset. Okay. <laughs> oh,
0: it's making me angrier than religion. You have no idea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it must be nostalgia. It must be something that I've missed out on. Yeah, I mean, quite, there's lots of stuff I watch, and I know they're not good, but you know, I was there at the time, and I I enjoyed it when I was young, enough and I can watch them again. And Buffy would spring to mind.
0: Yeah, let me guess. At the time you were watching Buffy, were there some special changes happening to religious tea at the time? <laughs>
2: I've only really just hit puberty, <laughs> so no.
0: <laughs> so, any final thoughts to add? I must say I'm disappointed. That was a question for me, think- not you, really. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I can tell. Usually there was a bit of a chat around, you've got stuff to add, but you want this phone call to end, don't you?
0: Well, I'll give you one last shot. So, religious tea, Jar Jar Binks, what are your thoughts?
2: It was worse than Ewoks.
0: Correct. You win a prize. <laughs> <laughs> So what's next, religious tea? Because we can't just have you bow out. Where are you off to now? What are you going to do?
2: I'm gonna get on with my life. Yeah? Yeah. I'm gonna write this book slowly and <laughs> half arsedly and I know I'm gonna write so it. So in, in keeping with out, the tradition. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I also know, you know, that I'm gonna miss stuff out and people are gonna say, Oh, why didn't you why didn't you write about this? and Oh well, because I wrote it horridly to try and get it over with <laughs> I don't know. You must be sick of it. I'm bloody sick of it. I'm
3: sick of the whole thing.
0: <laughs> Is it coming across, listeners? <laughs> I think, no, I'm Just going to it, miss it. it. I am going to miss it. I always like hearing about, well, how you nearly die every month.
2: Well, that only happened once. Mm, not in my head. <laughs> no, you're creating, you've got your own project
0: <laughs> How to assassinate a complete stranger using nothing but religion <laughs> a radio show. <laughs>
2: It works. I don't know. Well, there was, you know, some big changes for me halfway through this project. It'll be nice to actually, you know, spend some time working on those. So, you know, new job, a, a career and family and stuff like that. And, mm, good stuff. You know, it'd be, maybe that's it. maybe I could do one of those books.
0: I think I've got a title for your new book. Go on ha- then. How to Survive Stupid Stuff.
2: It's like, not like the Darwin Awards and I just do yeah. one stupid thing <laughs> a month.
0: Yes, and at the end, ah, oh, no, we'd have to have something really stupid happen at the end.
2: You just want me to jump in front of a train, really? don't you that's, that's <laughs> pretty much it i don't
3: i just
0: want you to come to grips
3: with the fact that
0: jar jar binks is the look let's move along from that religious tea one final question for you what's the best thing that religion has done for you this year
2: that's a very good question did, did you have help writing that one usually <laughs> usually it's
0: trial you died i've got a team of script writers right next to me handing me notes <laughs> <Bloody laughs> oh,
2: this will be a good
3: one this will be a good one he'll, he'll go for this Yeah.
2: I've become really moderate. <laughs> like so like right at the start I was I was that person that would you know, you kinda of quote someone saying something a little bit a little bit silly and you put something smart ass underneath and you go, Oh, you pat yourself on the back for all of that and now from when you had that debate with Mel and Donovan, I very much agreed with pretty much everything Mel said to it. Really, what do you gain from that? Do you make yourself feel better? Does it change the world? Not really. Is there better things you can do with your time? Well, no, there isn't better <laughs> things I can do with time. But maybe I should try and <laughs> find something. <laughs> so I kind of agreed with Mal a lot on that. And the other thing was that the month that probably changed me the most was Ramadan, was uh, being a Muslim and speaking to all the people and how it was just after the Lee Rigby death. Oh yes. And so for for those that don't know it's it was a chap who was in the military and he was be killed in the street by two Muslim um, extremists. It was just after that, and pretty much every single person I spoke to just said, "Please do not write that we're all terrorists because we're just not." And all I was shown was kindness, openness, sincerity. I had a long, long conversation with a guy called Abdullah, and we it was really good to see that we pretty much saw the entire universe exactly the same way, other than one minor detail. And that minor detail kind of changed our entire perception of, of, of the universe, if that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it was something so small. I, mine was that the forces of nature and the forces of the universe are static, and to me that shows that there, there isn't anything behind it that it is. And he said, well, actually... For me, it's that they could only be static if someone is controlling them. He, he seemed to think that the universe would be completely erratic if there was no conscious mind behind it. And just that minor thing, just that minor detail changed the, in, the entire way we looked. And it wasn't about intelligence. It's not about you know who was smarter, who knew more. It was just that, that minor difference. Hmm. And it was something else as well. My favourite of our shows, I think, was the one we did with Dennis Augustine, son of uh, Samuel. And he, he pointed out really just... He basically summed up this entire diatribe of nonsense in a few words. And he said that, you know, when I stopped believing, I didn't gain 20 IQ points. I was exactly the same person. I just had a slightly different viewpoint on the universe and and my place in it. So what's changed me is that I'm more moderate. I just like people. People have been lovely. Every single person I spoke to other than Scientologists (laughs) have been really (laughs) nice, lovely, accommodating, warm, inviting. You kind of go into this thing with the idea that everyone thinks atheists are like Richard Dawkins. And I thought that I'd be, no one would want to talk to me or no one would want to tell me anything for fear of them having the piss taken out of them or for the fear of having some kind of almost angsty response, some smart ass response. But everyone's been really nice. So what have I learned? I like people people are lovely, regardless of what they believe, you know, lay off Muslims a bit, guys. Lay off, <laughs> <laughs> lay off a bit.
0: That's a really rewarding sentiment.
2: I think so. I think by speaking to you and so on, I think you, especially the people that you, you have on the show, I don't, I don't think you're I don't think you're dissimilar in any kind of way either. It's, it's the, the people are more important than the label that they've got. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, that, for that, that's pretty
0: much <laughs> it. My interest is in how they make decisions. Yeah. Why people choose to believe some of the things they believe. Most of it's pretty strange. Pretty sure I yeah. have some weird beliefs as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're like Jojo Vinks. Yeah. Oh,
0: right. Now I am terminating this call. <laughs> Religious Tea, all the very best with your life. Thank you for being our hamster over the course of the it's last... Uh, however long it's been. Far too long, I, I think. Religious Tea, it's been an absolute pleasure doing business with you. You'll be welcome back on at any stage. When something important yeah, happens, and
2: you say that on air, but well, you know, off air, yeah, off air, <laughs> I can, I can
0: ignore all the messages in the world
2: <laughs> when I want to plug my book.
0: Yo, look, probably. when you want to plug your book, then oh, have I got a show for you? It's all about plugs, I'm told. <laughs> Very well, so religious tea, thanks a lot for coming <laughs> on the show, and we'll speak to you once you've finally got that bloody book out. Oh,
2: I'll speak to you in a couple of years, then. <laughs> Take care. You too. Take care. Bye
0: bye. <laughs> I can't put that away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut that other bit as well
2: too. <laughs> Keep it in. Keep it in. It'll be fine. Yeah. What about? Um, what about? I don't know. I'm trying to think of a no. really crappy celebrity program. Yeah, I can't think of any right now because I don't watch telly. <laughs> Something about celebrities. Yeah, what about that.
0: Um, no, I, I probably wouldn't go for that. But I, I, I yeah. follow you. I know. I know what you. Yeah, that was a crap joke. So, that won't make it away.
2: Poor that, oh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I say we. I'm trying to make it sound like my show. Uh, Religious teas.
0: Uh, Breakfast with the stars. <laughs>
4: And now, a word from our sponsors. Mr. Sorbo, you stated on Access Hollywood.
1: And also, you know, I've seen these guys on TV and cable outlets, these guys that actually have, atheists actually have, like, chapters, and they have, I mean, it's weird. I see the anger when these guys get on TV. I'm going, wow, how do you get so angry about something you don't believe in? Right. F-
4: you further stated that you found this interesting. In that spirit, we'd like to make you an offer. Atheist activist and blogger Greta Christina suggested that you read her book, why Are You Atheists So Angry?, we at the Barroom Atheist Podcast offer to purchase you a copy of that book, which we highly recommend, and invite you and Greta Christina to discuss it on our show. Ms. Christina immediately accepted. The intent is not to debate, although we're open to that in future. The intent is discussion in order to answer your question, clarify some misconceptions that you may have, and enable you to understand what motivates the angry atheist. It may even assist you in future roles. Should you accept we will also view your movie, God is Not Dead, and give honest feedback about it from an atheist perspective. The question is, do you really find this interesting? Or was it just a cheap shot at those who don't believe as you do? Bill and Susie, Barroom Atheist. Heard Mentalist, some listener
3: feedback from Wendy or at Atlantic Canuck.
5: Hi, Adam. How's it going? I hope you're well. This is Wendy from the east coast of Canada. Your latest podcast of The Herd Mentality, episode 70, was interesting, but I found myself getting very frustrated. For the most part, I agreed with one of your guests regarding Hitchens' opinion on the Iraq War. However, he stated that Hitchens misrepresented arguments against religion in his book, God is Not Great. The Problem is, he made this general assertion with no specifics about where, exactly, Hitchens misrepresented the Bible or religion, etc., in that book. I studied the Bible for several years in my deluded past. Chris Hitchens was right on the money. I couldn't find a single error in his representation of Christianity. Secondly, one of your guests stated that fundamentalists are misrepresenting the Bible and Christianity in general. I honestly don't know how he can say that. He said, they're reading it or interpreting it wrong. That, I'm afraid, is blind assertion. How can he possibly know that his interpretation is the correct interpretation? I kind of yelled that question at my phone. Irrational reaction, yes, but I couldn't stop myself. I contend that every single person on earth who reads the Bible interprets it differently from every other person on earth. These guys seem to be nice enough. However, in my opinion... That they are still deluded. There is not, nor has there ever been, any evidence whatsoever for the existence of a god. Christianity is a myth, just like every other religion, and just like every other myth. The universe, the earth, and everything in nature looks and behaves exactly as it should, or would, if there was no God. That is why I don't believe there is a God. I very strongly believe that that all of these religious claims are nothing more than wishful thinking. That's it for me today. Cheers from the northeast of a huge country at the top of the globe. Stay well, eh?
0: The following is an email I received
3: from at your old pal Dan. It was quite moving, so I asked Dan to record his story and email it to me. I hope you enjoy it too. Send him some love on Twitter. Dan, over to you.
6: Dan's reckless ranting. Number one, I sometimes have a lot of time to think about a particular topic or problem, and I enjoy seeing where my mind goes with something if I just let it freely run away with itself, screaming and giggling like an unbelievably happy child, or shouting obscenities and babbling incoherently like a frighteningly crazed madman. I finished up a thankfully fairly easy divorce last year, and I guess I could say that I'm going through a lot of things in my head lately, trying to figure out what I am doing, where I am going, who I am. Despite the joy or fright that my thoughts might bring to anyone if I share them, the thing that I can't deny, ever, is that they are my thoughts and I alone am responsible for them. I think I'll share a little history. I was raised by two people who recognized that my brother and I needed parents. They adopted us and raised us as their very own, and I'm not just using this because it's a handy cliché. We had no clue they were anything but our mother and father until I was almost a teenager, and not because they kept up a skillful ruse, but because they loved the shit out of us, and we couldn't tell that they were anything but what we thought they were, our incredible, caring, and seemingly infallible parents. Our mother had abandoned us in a bowling alley in Oceanside, California, for reasons that were never explained, but it was probably because of drugs. My mom used drugs, and I didn't know when, but she became an intravenous drug user, probably heroin. Luckily somebody there knew who we were knew how to contact my grandparents and they took us to their home in Solana Beach Shortly thereafter they hired an attorney and had our mother's rights to us rescinded by the state and adopted us I was just a baby Our parents took us to Sunday school the First Church of Christ Scientists in Rancho Santa Fe California every Sunday Looking back I could write an entire series of Rants about such a church, filled with such a collection of self-proclaimed holy people in an unbelievably upper-class part of San Diego County. Also the same area, I might add, where the Heaven's Gate folks decided it was a good place to rendezvous with the spacecraft that was coming to collect them behind the comet. Yeah. Christian science is just one of the 41,000 sects and denominations of Christianity, and it is distinct, but so similar in many ways, from the suffering and constantly ill entrepreneur that founded the church's beliefs in the 1870s to its dwindling number of adherents today. Mary Baker Eddy, often shortened to MBE, went through life poor and struggled to get by and keep a roof over her head. She searched for relief from her ailments that sometimes caused her to become unconscious and then awaken some hours or days later, recover and be relatively well until she became ill again. Like so many others before, during, and since, she probably decided that she wasn't going to be left behind during one of the so-called Enlightenment periods of religion and society. We are going through a type of Enlightenment period with religion right now, but the movement is towards megachurches and the lightening of the congregation's wallets and bank accounts. Much like Elron Ron Hubbard, who contrives a money-making religion after years of writing science fiction stories for a penny a page, she likely came to realize that in order to really make a fortune, you make a fortune in lies. Since religion is full of lies, some of them extremely costly, it is often a reasonable way to start a business that can be very profitable. In case you haven't figured it out yet, people want to feel special. And religion, particularly Christianity and others, sells just the kind of really special that lots of folks want. I would again point you to something like Heaven's Gate or Mormonism or even just good old mainstream Christianity for a kind of special that many folks want to satisfy their hunger for being unique just like everyone else they know and unlike everybody else that doesn't believe in the same things they do because the non-believers, to Christian scientists, just don't think right and suffer because of it. One of the very interesting facets of Christian science is not relying on science to protect, defend, or heal oneself. That's kind of strange, as the word science is featured prominently in their name. Instead, MBE believed that illness was nothing more than a mistake in one's beliefs, in their thinking. Just take a moment and let that sink in. In case it hasn't, let me repeat that a little differently. Sickness is nothing more than some kind of mistake you make in what you believe about sickness. Not little living organisms that you can see in a microscope with your own eyes, bacteria, Not those smaller organisms, viruses, so simple and yet so complicated that we know invade our cells, reproduce inside, destroy the host cell, and then release copies to then redo the process over and over until another thing we know about, our immune system, develops the ability to fight and kill off the viruses that use us to replicate and spread. Frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn about any of that, no matter how easy it is to see these things in action. It's in your head. It's your fault, you loser illness and death is your problem because you believe it. I remember what was supposed to be the walk of pride to the nurse's office with that oh so very special piece of paper in my hand. That piece of paper, just like any other piece of paper, had power that very few other pieces of paper could wield for an 8, 10, 12, or 16 year old boy or girl. That piece of paper was a Big middle finger to those that knew that simple, inexpensive, and effective vaccines could help stop the spread of possibly harmful and potentially deadly diseases in children. Polio, measles, whooping cough, the flu. I did get a tetanus shot at about age 10, but only because I couldn't get into 4-H without one. I was scared shitless when that needle came at me because i had never had one pointed at me before, and I thought it could kill me if the nurse wasn't careful. But now I get a flu shot every year, and... uh It doesn't scare me at all. It doesn't scare me at all. When kids at school were found to have some disease that was easily spread and potentially dangerous, my parents would get a call from school and we would stay home for a few days. Looking back at the person I was at the time and what I was going through, around the age of 10 I started searching for what kind of person I wanted to be. Actually, I wasn't really searching for who I was. I was looking for someone else and sometimes wondering what it would be to be like them, but not in the I want to be that person, I want to be like that person kind of way. It was more of a constant comparison and struggle to prove to myself that I couldn't be like them, no matter how much it appeared they were happy and successful. I couldn't be like them because that would require me to change my thinking. I was special, knew about God, Jesus, conquering sickness. But at the same time, my worldview made me lost and aimless, privileged without knowing what the privileges were. I grew to hate the material world and longed for the spiritual world both now and in the hereafter. I couldn't be bothered with my education, learning to work, my physical health, even brushing my teeth. After all, God would heal me. So why bother? I began to hate the people that didn't think like me. I began to hate nearly everyone. The Cold War was set in motion by a bunch of godless Russian savages that would eat their own families in order to not starve. and The threat of nuclear war and mutually assured destruction loomed over us. My attitude was one of being part of God's faithful, and made me welcome death in the prospect of heaven, but I was still scared beyond description of the manner of my death. This caused me to try to be more faithful, even though this struggle never ceased. Why should I be afraid to die if death meant heaven? I had also discovered about this time that my parents were actually my grandparents. This rocked my world, and it kept rocking for some time after that. What I thought I was, the son of the two best people I knew in the whole world, i was actually something similar, but totally different. I was a grandson, and that meant that somewhere there was a mother and a father. My mother and father. Why aren't I with them? And why didn't they want me? I don't want anyone to think that being adopted by my grandparents is anything but wonderful, and my grandparents sacrificed a lot to raise their two grandkids. I will forever be grateful for everything they have done for us. I only bring this up because it hit me in a really strange way, and I had problems with trying to figure it out for a long time. Not every child adopted by their grandparents has or will go through this, but I know some do. I was not prepared for this, and frankly, I don't know how you prepare a child for this, much less when you tell them. I wish I knew. Maybe I should have known from the start. Maybe I should have never been told. Maybe I just don't know. There's a lot I don't know. And eventually, I realized God didn't have the answers for me. Thank you, Adam. Heard mentalists, hear me. Questionable
3: Adam here from the year 2074 where religion still reigns supreme. In this alternate timeline, ever more atrocities are committed in the name of all of the different religions. It's just not on. The Herd Mentality is a platform for you the secular people to give you a voice. As an added bonus, 10% of all of the proceeds from the show go to women in developing countries to help further their education by using Kiva.org. Now you can help change the future. Browse to HerdMentalityPodcast.com and click the Support tab. There you can support each episode using Patreon or make a one-time donation to the show. You'll be helping me to help others and it's very much appreciated. And in return, I'm mailing out a lot of signed cow pictures and silly voicemail messages from Ray Comfort to the patrons of the show. Go forth and keep on keeping it real. Future Questionable Adam, signing off.
1: Raygate The Adventures of Ray and Raylene.
0: Good morning, Raylene. Hi, Ray. What's going on on the
3: Electric Twitter?
7: Well, oh, Ray, there's a right, you know, hullabaloo going on. This atheist woman. Who needed some money? They've raised money for her. Now she's going off to Legoland. Legoland. Land.
0: Why would anyone want to go to a land of Lego? Oh,
7: well, I don't know, Ray. You know, atheists are uh, cri- atheists. <laughs> atheists. Atheists are quite strange.
0: Oh yes, I mean, certainly when you pronounce it like that, they are. <laughs> so. <laughs> Why would anyone want to send an atheist anywhere but hill?
7: Well, I don't know, right? These are life's big questions. But this is really bad. I mean, this woman doesn't need Legoland.
0: She no, needs God. She, she needs, needs Jesus. She needs more Jesus. That that's absolutely correct. Well, we've got to undo this damage. This this could be absolutely horrible to our cause. What if we were to hmm Hmm. What if we were to do a fundraiser and send her to Ken Ham's Ark Encounter?
7: Yeah, that sounds good. I am gonna say, Ray, as much as I think you're absolutely amazing in every department, <laughs> I, I don't think you can do this on your own. I think we need to unite in this and oh, um not another ex- As much as I hate to say this, we need Austin.
0: Oh, not another ex Austin? Yeah. Oh no, I, I want nothing to do with that guy. What an idiot.
7: He- but, Ray, he's very popular, oh. and he can raise a lot of money. He, I mean, he's he's a millionaire. We, we really need him for this.
0: Well, why wouldn't he just give us some of his own money then?
7: Um, Because he's a Christian and they're tight cunts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't suppose you'd know anything about those. Right.
7: Now. No, no. <laughs> hello.
4: Well,
6: hello.
0: Oh oh, 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 oh. <laughs> right well get him on the electric telephone then and uh oh can you speak to him i've got i want nothing to do with the guy
7: no ray no i cannot you you know you've got to dig deep and you've got to do this swallow your pride for god i've swallowed a lot of things <laughs> oh god so it's time that you step up to the plate be a man <laughs>
0: Right, okay, off we go uh, start. I can't, I can't stop. Raylene, start, start pressing Look, whoever Who you Who are
8: these people, Ray? Why, voices.
0: why do we have people in the Living Waters waiting room? Stop looking, you, all of you, shoo, out You haven't been introduced on the sketch yet Okay, Raylene, start pressing the buttons on the telephone
7: Okay, Ray Hello, is that Mr. Osteen?
8: This is Mr. Osteen. Who's this?
7: It's Raylene! Uh.
8: Raylene of the Shining Butthole. Raylene, how you doing?
7: I say it really well. We've got a bit of a cash flow problem at the moment, and um, what used to be the most luminescent thing on the galaxy is now a black hole. So, anyway, I've got Ray on the line for you.
0: Oh, yes. Hello, Joel. Hey
8: there. Ray, I hear you're running out of money.
0: Well, when are we not? It's one of those exhaustible supplies as opposed to an inexhaustible supply of prayer.
8: I don't know about that. It sure ain't exhaustible over here on my end. Uh, <sighs> I suppose maybe just God wants you to be moderately well-to-do.
0: Well, I want to be extra well-to-do like you. But look, as much as it pains me to say this, Osteen, we need your help in a fundraiser. Oh, I see. Uh, Why would
8: I help you, Ray? Last time I saw you, you shoved a butt plug up my butt and killed me with it. you were
0: asking for... Look, Raylene, I just just needed to change the topic really quickly. (laughs) I was getting very, very angry.
7: Calm down. And Joel, you know, you and I have got history. My asshole kept your teeth shiny, shiny (laughs) white (laughs) for many, many months. So you've got to do this for me. You two have to come together all over my tits. I mean, you two have to come together and work together on this.
8: Well, if if there's anybody I can boo cocky for, I guess it's you. (laughs) (laughs) Boo what? Never mind, I don't think they have that kind of stuff down under. Never mind on that one,
0: right? It's all up top, I'm told. Right. I guess it's like... Now... Okay, Joel, we've got an extraordinary problem, and we're going to have to put aside your differences. We're going to need to combine our, our resources. We need to raise $12.50 to get somebody, this pesky atheist woman, she's been undone by all this goodness, all these good vibes and things happening from atheists, and we can't be having with this. We need to get her a one-way trip to the Ark Encounter.
8: To the Ark Encounter? Well, it's... All right, I think we can do that. I mean, we don't want these atheists to be too happy, though, do we?
0: Uh, well, no. That that's... sounds, like,
8: sounds <laughs> like a blast going to the Ark Encounter, no. don't we want to send them somewhere like Hades or something like that
0: no she's already going to be quite miserable because she's going to Legoland
8: Legoland yes why why them little blocks are homosexuals yeah, well, you, you can put the mail <laughs> blocks against the male block. that's just an affront to God yeah we got to do something about that Ray
0: righto Joel How do we raise this money?
8: Well, I think we just need to put our hands together. We need to look to God, and we need to tell parishioners to give it to us. Oh, well... (laughs) That that usually works well for me.
0: Well, it's kind of a one-trick pony, isn't it, that one? But it always seems to work. All right, let's give it a go. Off to the sermon. Alright, Osteen, here's how it works. You get up there and you pray like the bejesus and I'll hop in the uh, the dump truck and drive up and down the aisles and all of your parishioners
8: can give us all the monies. Sounds good, sounds good. I've done this before. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen and Jesus, I need to tell you a very sad story about a very sad... Well, you know what, shit? Y'all know those two big fellas that stand out in the back and beat you up if you don't put nothing in the collection plate? Well, I got three of them back there today, so I'm going to send that collection plate around. Y'all put some damn money in it, because God wants me to be rich. <laughs> you think that'll do right? You think that'll be good enough?
0: Oh, hang on, let me just check. We're up to $17 million, so this is perfect. Uh, we, we can take $12.50 out of that and send her off to Ken Ham's Ark Encounter.
8: Well, hell, with that much money, we might be able to finish that damn Ark Encounter party he's been trying to finish for the last 20 years. Not that we would. I'm just saying we could.
0: Righto, Raylene. I think it was an extraordinary success.
7: Oh, I'm so proud of you, Ray. I'm really inspired by what you've done. We should really call Iman and tell her the good news.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, How do we do that? Well, just, just work the telephone.
8: Yes, Ray, what Ray that's what I'm done. here I for. I did all the damn work. I don't know what the hell Shut I up, did. Austin. <laughs> I shut up, but only because I was done talking. It wasn't because you said it.
9: <laughs> Hi, this is One Godless Woman.
8: Boy, you sound an awful lot like that disembodied voice we've been hearing laughing so mysteriously in the background. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One godless idiot, we've got some wonderful news for you. In fact, better than going to, to Legoland, because clearly we've got to undo some of this damage. How do you feel about an all-expenses-paid trip to the Ark Encounter at Kenham's uh, Fabulous <coughs> not, Park?
8: Not, not all expenses, No, paid. no, no.
0: Well, okay, you'll have to pay your own expenses, but we'll pay the entry ticket.
8: There you
9: go. Oh. What, what is that? The what?
0: Oh, it's the Ark Encounter, you, where, you, where you encounter an Ark. I mean, it, it's not rockets. It's, it's, why do we do this for dumb atheists?
9: You guys realize I come from a Muslim background.
8: Can you send me somewhere else? Is there a Muslim atheist theme park? I don't think there is. All
0: right. Well, if there isn't, we need to make one. <laughs> it's called an... Yes, I've got it. We'll, we'll, we'll make one called an abattoir.
8: <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, we could call I it the know. apostate fair.
0: Now, you're thinking of the apostate variants. They're, they're another race of people entirely. They're high in carbohydrates.
8: Well, the other thing is,
9: I have my children with me there. I don't know what this ARC thing... Like, is it kid-friendly? Hell of a time. Are your what? children
7: atheist as well?
9: Well, I think most kids are born that way.
7: No, they're not. <laughs> oh. I was born with Jesus oh, okay. inside me and, and several oh. people, but yeah.
0: <laughs> and they're all born in sun.
9: And sin, yes.
8: Sin. Yes, your children are a bunch of damn sinners and you ain't doing nothing about it at all. That's He right. shame. trying your- to take him to that homosexual Lego park. You should be ashamed <laughs> of yourself.
0: Here's your opportunity to fix all this and undo your misgivings. Right, Iman, you're off to the Ark Encounter.
8: Okay. And <laughs> we're not going to send you on a very fast trip because it's going to be about nine or ten years before he opens that thing. I do believe, but we'll send you. It's, it's going to be probably on a slow donkey of some sort. Yeah. That's cheaper. We don't want to. We don't want to spring for airfare, do we? Oh, of course not.
9: What if Judgment Day happens before then? Oh, then God. you're fucked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the minute Skynet becomes yeah. self-aware,
8: <laughs> there's no way that Jesus is going to come back before the Ark encounter is done. He wants to ride them rides.
0: <laughs> he's got to get on
8: a dinosaur. Oh, he's waiting. <laughs> Okay. Exactly. That's probably what he's been waiting for this whole time. Okay,
9: but but Ray, um like my understanding is that you you raised quite a bit of money and um all I'm getting is this $12. Well, um, yes, and no. I have to pay the rest of the expenses. Well, is that it?
0: Well, yes, because we there wasn't very much left over after we didn't pay tax on it. Oh. Osteen needed a, a couple of teeth recapped, and and Raylene had got oh. well, some some structural work done b- down below, and well I oh. had some some upgrades for the. Those are some mighty
8: big caps. <laughs> they need to use earth moving equipment yeah. to put them <laughs> in. <there.
0: laughs> and uh, <laughs> obviously, okay. I had I had the eight horsepower solid gold butt plug tax to 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 remove. Well, look, all that's left over is twelve dollars fifty. So enjoy your trip.
9: Okay. It's just I would like to point out that when the atheist community raised money, they gave me everything and they paid all the expenses. Yeah,
0: yes, well, we've all got problems. I, anyway, but so I'm not
9: trying to compare, but...
0: It sounds like you are. It sounds like you're just being ungrateful, well, really. I mean, that's what atheists are all about, okay. just being ungrateful.
9: <laughs> well, I do apologize. I'm not. That's yeah, not well, my intent.
0: apologies not <laughs> accepted. And you, you still haven't thanked God <laughs> for us raising this money for you. I don't think oh, I Jesus ever is
8: keeping a tally.
0: Oh, <laughs> doesn't he, he want? He knows. He's watching you when you touch yourself.
8: Oh. That's dirty.
9: <laughs> you guys are dirty. Okay.
0: I knew this was a mistake, Osteen. We raised twenty five million dollars, it boiled down to twelve dollars, and now we're all gonna be out of pocket if we have to pay the expenses. Look, let's just call the whole thing off. Ray, this- I
8: knew it was a mistake as soon as you got involved, to be perfectly no, honest with you. No, you got involved with that. Oh, we should again. do something um, about the ice bucket challenge. We should do like we should start our own <laughs> oh my <God>. ice bucket <laughs> challenge or
7: something. Well, I thought we could do had... uh, a, oh. a sexy calendar of um, <laughs> <laughs> you know they right, do I that like it. the fire brigade <laughs> and the police do a sexy yeah, uh-huh. calendar. So we can no, pose no. with the Bible and and like strategic <laughs> places.
0: We have, uh, and <laughs> we'll call it Osteen unbrushed.
7: Great. <laughs> But I want to do a nude calendar. I want to get Raylene's growler out to the world. If Raylene had to place like a strategic Bible to cover, you know, her her growler. She'd what? have to have like a billboard yes. because of, a Bible alone. Like,
3: one do of, it.
0: one of those novelty checks that you know. The- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good morning, Raylene. Hi, Ray. What's going on on the electric Twitter?
7: Well, Ray, I'm actually quite upset. Where? I don't know why I sound like a dark actor. <laughs> 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 can we just. Can we it's because I'm laying down. I was, <laughs> I was laying down. <laughs> I was getting ready to post for the calendar for <laughs> not wearing any knickers anymore. <laughs>
0: And there's some horrible racial overtones there because they're all yellow. I thought yellow was associated <laughs> with Asia, but clearly I'm wrong. That won't make it.
7: <laughs> better casual racism, you know.
8: <laughs> Wasn't all that casual.
7: <laughs> Hi, this is one godless woman
9: speaking.
8: Well, you're not going to be godless. Like oh, sorry. <laughs> God, every,
0: everyone wants to get angry at it.
9: <laughs> right, right. You guys realize I come from a Muslim background.
8: In any you're, case, you're, so, so you're a Muslim and an atheist? <laughs> Can a person oh, no. go to hell twice? <laughs> 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 no. <Nope. laughs> <laughs> Would
9: that work?
0: We could get Imam to do something nice for us.
9: Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say,
8: <laughs> what do you got in mind, Adam? <laughs> This story should have a happy ending, shouldn't it?
9: And
0: I'm a massage
6: therapist. Oh, my. One topless woman.
7: (laughs) Where's Braylene? She's just shocked at everything that's going on and masturbating (laughs) curiously at the same time. (laughs) You're I, so vain. I know. You I was think shocked. every podcast is
4: about
9: you. I had a telemarketer call and ask for, um, I'm an ass <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I actually said yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just, maybe you use that in the future. <laughs> And I, my first name is Iman.
1: Hello. This is, this is Deepak.
9: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm an asshole.
7: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay. Wow. And she goes, oh, funnily enough, you remind me of one of the characters. And I was like, oh, who? And she goes, Hermione. <laughs> I was like If she's going Hermi-1 I was like Do you mean Hermione? Hermi-1 Kenobi (laughs) You guys I wish we
9: were closer
1: Fighting crime Protecting the innocent Poorly funded But equipped with critical thinking He is the Champion of Reason.
0: In the highlands of Scotland, there is a lake approximately 36 kilometres long and and 2.5 kilometres wide. Although it is not the largest lake in Scotland in surface area, it is, in terms of volume, bigger than all of the other lakes Scotland, England and Wales have combined. This very deep lake, Loch Ness, is believed by many to be the home of a monster, the Loch Ness Monster, sometimes called Nessie. The champion of reason had invited me to join him for a fact-finding expedition that would include making dives into the deep, dark lake. Along for the ride, and for the dives, was Brian Dunning, a Loch Ness Monster researcher who seemed to be the perfect man to carry our heavy diving gear bags. We were all staying at the Nockless Monster Inn and Suites, located just a couple of kilometres west of Loch Ness in the village of Inverdeen, which survived and thrived on tourism. It was our first day in Inverdeen, and we were having dinner at the Loch Ness Monster Pub and Grill, where the walls were covered with photos of what many believed to be the Loch Ness Monster. Most of the photos were simply different sizes of the same two old photos, the so-called surgeon's photo and the so-called flipper photo, both of which had been admitted as hoaxes. At the Loch Ness Monster Pub and Grill, it was all bologna. That is to say, they specialised in bologna. Everything on the menu had bologna in it, in one form or another. Brian ordered the bologna Florentine, I ordered the barbecued bologna, and the champion of reason ordered bologna and chips. Argentum, seated on a chair at our table, was not eating. But like us, he was drinking beer, Loch Ness Monster stout. Although, unlike us, he was drinking it from a bucket. The champ petted his trusty steed.
6: You seem to like that beer, Argento. Just remember, one bucket is your limit. You can't handle it like you used to.
0: Brian had thrown his back out while carrying out gear and was bent over at almost a 90-degree angle. His head was on the table and turned sideways. The only way he could drink beer was to put it on his thigh and drink through a straw. Making matters worse, he had a bad case of the hiccups. I was surreptitiously playing around with the little remote-controlled fairy left for me by the champ the night I met him in Lockwood Forest. I had it zipping around, here and there in the place, making some people believe that it was a real fairy, until I lost control of it and it splashed into a guy's glass of Scotch whisky. The guy who was wearing a kilt was so startled that he fell off his chair and landed on the floor with his kilt up embarrassingly and shockingly high. Along with the beer, we were all drinking a lot of water. Our first scheduled dive was set for the following day, so we wanted to make sure we didn't get dehydrated. The mayor of Inverdeen, Mythena McSham, who owned the Loch Ness Monster Pub and Grill, the Nock Less Monster Inn and Suites, and just about everything else in town, or so it seemed, was going to personally take us out for the dives on her yacht. Called the Chieftain, because of the clout she wielded in the touristy town of Inverdeen, Mcsham happened to be at the Loch Ness Monster Pub and Grill that evening. Upon seeing us, she came over to our table. Overweight to the extent that she would have needed a double extra-large Nessie t-shirt at the Loch Ness Monster gift shop, which she also owned, the chieftain was wearing a wildly colourful jumpsuit and a huge hat that accentuated her obesity.
10: Good evening, gentlemen, and gentle stallion. How's the food?
0: Fine, we all said, except Brian, who said, Fine. And our gentleman, who of course said nothing.
10: So tomorrow is the big day. We've come to see for ourselves. And you shall. Perhaps you'll find proof of the truth. I personally think that Nessie is a plesiosaur.
8: But plesiosaurs have become extinct
3: 65 million years ago.
10: Yes, but perhaps some of them survived and reproduced in the deep, mysterious Loch Ness.
0: The champion of reason jumped in to the conversation, that is.
6: But the lake is only about 10,000 years old. For 20,000 years before that, it was ice, part of a glacier. Well, maybe
10: the plesiosaurs froze and then unfroze and came back to life You see, I've thought this through. Plesiosaurs could live to be about 250 years old. So we're talking about many generations of the giant marine reptile. I wouldn't be surprised if you find some remains down there.
0: I decided to jump in to the conversation. Plesiosaurs had lungs, you know. They they would have had to resurface quite often. And if there are any of them in the lake,
10: well, maybe they're not fully fledged plesiosaurs. Maybe they're a relative of the plesiosaur and have gills, enabling them to stay down there indefinitely.
0: The champ shook his head.
10: I
6: can definitely see that you've thought this through. Anyway, we're looking forward to the dive tomorrow.
0: We have come to <gasps> see for ourselves. The chieftain tried to get the attention of one of the servers. <laughs>
10: hey. Get you! Get your rear end over here!
0: A meek, middle-aged busboy promptly came over and stood at attention. Downtrodden, with the chieftain's treadmarks all over him, his name was Kendrick.
10: Kendrick, get these good people! Uh, and this good ho- horse! A scoop of baloney ice cream!
0: I'll pass, we all said, except Brian, who said... I'll <gasps> oh, pass. And Argentum, who of course said nothing. The chieftain dismissed Kendrick with a flip of her hand prompting Kendrick to bow and leave.
10: I'll pick you up tomorrow at 8 o'clock sharp. According to the weather report, it's supposed to be a fine day for diving, and tomorrow evening I would like to invite you to a dinner cruise on the loch. There will be live entertainment featuring the fabulous Freddy Rodriguez and the Loch Ness Monsterettes.
3: We have come to see for ourselves.
0: Well, the forecast turned out to be right. The following day was indeed a good day for diving. The chieftain picked us up at less Monster Inn and Suites at precisely 8 o'clock in her vintage Bentley. Brian had recovered from the hiccups, but he was still bent over, so I put a knee to his lower back and pulled him back by the shoulder.
1: Ah, oh, thanks, I needed that.
0: Good, now you shouldn't have so much trouble carrying the gear to the trunk of the car and then out to the boat. Argentum trotted alongside the Bentley as the chieftain drove to Loch Ness, where her yacht, the lying Scotsman was moored. After boarding the lying Scotsman, the chieftain drove the yacht to a particular spot on the cold, murky lake. The deepest point of the lake was 755 feet. The spot she had peaked was probably its average depth, being 600 feet.
10: This is a good spot right here. I've seen the monsters surfacing here on a regular basis.
0: The chieftain had never gone diving, and today was not going to be her first day. We all got ourselves into dry suits, except our gentleman, who naturally needed help <coughs> getting into his custom-made suit. Not surprisingly, the champ put his cape over his dry suit. After getting our fins, weight belts, and tanks, we carefully checked each other's equipment and then we were ready to go. Brian sat on the gunwale of the boat with his back into the water.
1: We have come <coughs> to see for ourselves.
0: He pulled down his face mask and rolled backwards into the very cold water. The champ and Argentum, both with tanks, were next. The champ checked Argentum's weight belt, his custom made face mask, and the big light that was fixed onto the horse's head. Then he mounted Argentum.
8: Argento Cannonball.
0: I told the chieftain not to go anywhere, and then I sat on the gunwale like Brian did and rolled back into the cold water.